now. All right, welcome to episode 17 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, along with Nancy Minicozzi. I'm Lisa Nowakowski. I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County. And I'm Nancy, an ed tech coach in Northwest LA County. So just want to remind you again of our focus. We are short, 15 minutes, and uh, accessible on your schedule. Go on the website and contact us if you want to address a specific topic or you know someone who would be a great guest. And we hope you enjoy our podcast. Please support us by subscribing to it on YouTube or wherever it is that you listen. Just search TLC Ninja Teachers. We are also on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and your favorite podcatcher. So while you're there, rate us because the more ratings we have, the easier it will be for others to find us. And for tonight's coffee fact, did you know the largest cup of coffee ever brewed was in July of 2014 in South Korea? It was over 3,700 gallons. And the largest iced tea coffee was brewed in Las Vegas, leave it to Las Vegas, in 2010. And it was 1,500 gallons. Ice not included on that one. All right, so tonight, without further ado, we have our guest, Pam Hernandez, and she'll be talking to us about future ready school and district. Pam, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, things like that. Okay. Well, Lisa, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a long time. We used to be colleagues in King City when I still had the pleasure and the honor of teaching, which was just fantastic and working with you and all of our team while we were there. So since that time, I um, was able to do some work with the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education to get started in administration, and I'm now the superintendent principal of the San Antonio Union School District, which is also located in southern Monterey County. Even further south than me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, sitting right on the cusp between counties of Monterey and San Luis Obispo. And, you know, I still get to do some work with you and a lot of our our colleagues um, with Slow Q, San Luis Obispo Q. And I do some work with AXA, both um, regionally and at the local level. And um, some work with Q in terms of the Administrator Learning Network as well. All right, thanks. And can you tell us what does it mean to be a future-ready school or a future-ready district? I've heard it battered around um, for the last couple of years, but what exactly does that mean? Right, so I'll start first by, of course, referencing the website, right? You know, go to, right? And then I think that's a great place to start beyond just this initial conversation that we're going to have this evening. But to dive into what is future-ready, futureready.org of course, and where you can take a look at what does this mean in terms of there's a superintendent's pledge that the superintendent can sign on part of the district that indicates that we're committed to being a future-ready school, a future-ready district, and that's the mindset that we're taking into this. And that, of course, is the easy part, is signing that pledge and making that commitment. The harder work comes in taking a look at the assessment, and when and you can take a look at the dashboard, which will you can link to from futureready.org, and then dri- diving into the gears on the framework. There's a fabulous set of gears, seven gears, that take a look at some different areas that have often been looked at in isolation, and we see how we um, kind of have that silo work that sometimes happens in our field. But with the gears, the idea is that we take a look at each of these really important areas to drive the vision and the focus forward, 
And how do we plan for them simultaneously so that they become very smooth and really move all the parts in the right direction so we have the right thing happening for our kids? And is one of those, I know you've done a lot of work also with um, personalizing PD. Is, does that go along with Future Ready and how we can get um, teachers and uh, in, having personalized PD in their classrooms as well? Yes, very much so. So the personalized professional learning is one of the seven gears. It is my favorite gear. And the more and more I dive into the gears, I have to say, maybe one of the more challenging gears. I felt like it was going to be the easy one. Um, but just like there are challenges when we're working with our students in the classroom, there are challenges when we're looking to support some, and I think there's a question coming up later, how do you support district-wide initiatives and moving everybody together in the same direction so that we have a focus that we all share and a vision that we all share, but then marry that with a personalized approach to professional learning because we're all in different places in our careers, our grade levels, our subject matters, and our passions. Right. So with so many interest levels and so many ability levels, how do you create and how do you um, kind of help to embrace that reluctant learner, that teacher learner who's reluctant to go into when we hear future ready, we think technology. So how do you embrace that and incorporate them um, into the discussion and into this personalized uh, professional development? Right. And so, you know, technology is certainly a component of future ready because we're talking about embracing today's tools. And, you know, we still talk about 21st century technology. We're solidly into the 21st century, but it's still a term that resonates. So I still think it's appropriate to use because people understand what we're talking about when we say 21st century tools. And we take a look at digital technologies and the devices that our students and our families are using at home and in their personal lives. And folks across society are embracing those at different levels and in different manners and with different senses of comfort along the way. But that's not really the main focus, I think, so much of what Future Ready is at, but it's how do you create and embrace that mindset that says, you know, we are going to work with our community partners. We're going to invest in the professional learning of our staff, in the personalized approach to student learning. How do we um, embrace the four C's of the Common Core, the communication, the critical thinking, the collaboration, the creativity? All of that folds, folds into the concept. That's great. I think, um, and we also have a question I see uh, from one of our online viewers. Uh, when will it be too late to say 21st century learning, do you think? Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> going to be a huge shift, right? And it also depends on where we're at in our organizations and in our communities. I think there are some communities that are moving out of that language already, where other communities are just beginning to have conversations around 21st century learning and 21st century tools. And where are we as an educational system in moving away from it? It's gonna be a while. I think that's a term that falls on the bell curve like much of our learning does in terms of you know, early adopters. You know, And as we get down and we have some, some of the laggards that are starting to jump on board, but it's still part of the learning process to understand what exactly this means. Great answer. Um, 
So how do you, in your district, balance that personalized PD, which we all so desperately want uh, as teachers, and I'm sure as an administrator, you want that for your um, teachers, with that traditional PD, the, that PD of like, hey, we have a new curriculum and we need to know all the components of it. So how does that all balance out? Um, what does that look like in your district for you? Right. So last year was the first year that I really started to have the opportunity to embrace this personalized approach to professional learning and roll it out to staff and not just teachers, but to our classified staff as well. And we started with a survey and because we're smaller and we don't have um, some of the tools that you might find in a really large district where there might be some more capacity, we chose to keep it simple and went with a Google form that allowed teachers to indicate, so here's where I'm at in my career. My interest level is, you know, first grade science. That's where I really want to grow. Or my interest is in becoming a connected educator. I want to learn more about the use of Twitter and Voxer and and how to grow my professional learning network and inspire myself as, as a learner, as an adult learner. Um, so we, and so people were all over the place in terms of that, obviously, right? Different places in their careers. I'm brand new to the profession. I need classroom management or, you know, I'm in year 20 and I'm, we talked about, you know, those folks before you and I, Lisa, that don't want to open up their email yet. And that might be a personalized or personal professional learning goal. So that's a great place to start addressing those. We follow up the form with those personal conversations then, where there's also a section that addresses, so how can the district support you in terms of resources or time? And, and you as the teacher, as an educator or classified personnel, share with me what do you think would work? Okay. Now, I will say there are moments where I have done a pretty good job with this, and there are moments where I've done an absolutely terrible job with this. <laughs> because from our, you know, from that administrator perspective, we're learning too. And we're figuring this out as we're moving it forward. And I would say last year, there were, we hit some momentum mid-year where we really shifted towards that personalized approach. And this year, as we took on our district initiatives again, and we shifted from Teach Like a Pirate last year to the student-centered classroom as our overall goal for, for all of our teachers and our, our staff to understand with the work of um, Learn Like a Pirate, but I felt myself falling back into more of a traditional approach with our, our staff and I think you know there's some safety in there and there's also some sense of the accountability piece it takes a lot of trust to let go of that traditional approach to the to professional development and I watched some teachers and some classified staff just take off with it and run with it and it's fabulous because I know I can I can just back out and just check in and say what do you need from me where are you at? How do I celebrate your learning? How do we recognize your accomplishments? And then there are some folks that see it as free time and it's time to get together to talk and to chat and to catch up. And, you know, not unlike if you give free time in the classroom or that independent learning time to students, right? It, it, there's that same accountability piece and finding the magic of how do you let your achievers and your motivated staff just run with it and still then motivate the reluctant learner 
you know, get them on board and get everybody to be able to have those same freedoms. And what did you find worked? Have you found it or maybe you haven't found it quite yet because you said you just started it last year, you know, and you know, you're continuing this year. So what has worked for you to the self-motivated learner, they're going to learn, but those ones who are seeing it as um, free time and, and catch up time, how are you Ford, have you found anything that has worked yet? <laughs> so, you know, what I'm finding is, is this is, um, again, it's building rapport, and it's an investment of time. And I think that's going to be one of the greatest challenges to administrators enrolling out the personalized professional development program, because you need to have that time where you can go in, not just to hold somebody accountable, but to sit down and to get to know them and build that relationship of trust and to understand why are they reluctant. And for some folks, it's a fear of failure. It's past experience with having gone out on a limb with something creative, but perhaps being shot down for it and now lacking trust to do it again. And for other folks, you know, just that that buy-in and that passion isn't there right now. And it's, it's hard to find a way to reignite that in someone, depending on where they at, are at in their career. But it's really investing that one-on-one -on -one time, either personally or with somebody that you know will be able to connect with that educator. And uh, another question I have is, you mentioned accountability. So it sounds like your accountability is, and you are a smaller school in a smaller district, so it's easier for you to, you know, have those personal relations um, with, the, with the people at your, your, um, in your district. Um, and it sounds like the accountability for you is, is talking to them. I can hear some administrators already going, no, 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 and, and wanting to create some sort of paperwork to have, no, prove to me that, you know, you're doing what you say you're doing. Um, what's your advice to those people besides let go? Yeah. <laughs> besides, yeah, exactly, besides let go. So I think there are some ways to do, to do that and to do that with a bit of a paper trail. You know, for me, I really like working through Google Forms and through Google Spreadsheets and then dropping in you know, and it, because it, it can serve a twofold purpose. One, share what you're doing right now with all of our staff asynchronously. So drop in. What have you done this week? What have you done this month with your professional learning? And there's that shared accountability then with everybody. But it's not just about the accountability. Because when we share the path that we're choosing for our own professional learning, it can also ignite and expire our inspire our colleagues as they gather ideas and it also lets our colleagues kind of see where each person is and get an idea of you know who's on fire and really moving with things or hey I have a friend out there who I really believe in but it doesn't look like they're quite as passionate as we would like to have them be and I as a colleague can step in and find a way to support them and I think if oh we, that sounds great yeah Thank you. And I think, you know, for a larger school district, you just take a look at, um, you know, how do I think small? 
terms of creating smaller environments. And that may be then, you know, there's a, a superintendent that embraces this type of approach with his leadership, his or her leadership team at the district level. And then that team moves down to their next level of, you know, who's accountable to them to roll this out. And then principals with their certificated and classified staff, maybe with their department heads, and then their department heads, you know, roll it down into the classroom teacher. And, and it just kind of funnels down and you have to model it continually model it and refine it and not be afraid to take feedback or criticism and make adjustments along the way and have those encouraging conversations and those celebrations and being okay with dedicating time to that and then also not being afraid of the hard conversations when um, people aren't living up to the expectation. Well, Pam, um, 15 minutes goes by quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You're clearly passionate about this, right? Um, so we have about one minute if you want to wrap it all up and have anything else to add. So one minute, go. You know, I just would encourage um, everybody to take a look at the futureready.org website because we are seeing that term thrown out a lot. I would say first, go take a look at the gears before even looking at the dashboard and the assessment. And that assessment is quite a project to jump in with the district team. But the gears really tell you what should we be considering. And when I put my teacher hat back on and not my administrator hat, I see things that I didn't know that now I think, oh, okay, I need to consider the budget. I need to consider the infrastructure. I need to consider my community partners. It's not just that I have this great idea, but this great idea has a domino effect. And so what other categories should I be thinking about or how should I be connecting to make sure that it's something that's going to be viable? Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Pam. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a comment to let us know uh, whether you're watching us uh, live on YouTube or listening to us on whatever platform you choose to listen to us. Uh, please subscribe and get the latest updates. We'd also love to have positive ratings from you as it helps to uh, others to find us. So please join us again on December 5th when we talk with Sandra Chow about virtual reality. And uh, thank you too, Pam. Um, listeners, remember we are always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, um, we'd love to have you or to have that recommendation. Please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know and then we'll be in touch. So thank you very much, everyone. <laughs>